Good morning, everyone. First of all, on behalf of Father Matthias and the whole parish, I'd like to welcome back any folks who are here for the first time. We're so happy to have you back with us at church. We are going to be celebrating after Mass, after all the Masses this weekend. We've got cake and uh, water outside under the carport, so please, uh, yes, I see some kids already excited about that. So come on out for some cake after Mass. We also have a candle and a prayer card from the bishop. The bishop is giving these to every single family in the diocese, and it's got some prayers that we can say over the next several days for our parish and for the whole church. It's very fitting to have our welcome back weekend on Pentecost for a couple of reasons. First of all, Pentecost traditionally is seen as the birthday of the church. We're sort of coming to a, a new birth today as we, as we return to Mass. Also, Pentecost was the turning point for the disciples because Pentecost is what transformed them from a group of fearful followers locked away in the upper room into a band of zealous and bold missionary disciples unleashing the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we come to the end of this pandemic, as we come out of the locked upper room of a year of quarantine, my prayer, Father Matthias's prayer, is that as we celebrate Pentecost, the Holy Spirit may come upon our entire parish in power so that we too may be transformed into a band of zealous and bold missionary disciples bringing the joy and holiness of Jesus to a world that so desperately needs him. Amen? Amen. I have to admit, it's hard to preach at Pentecost because the Holy Spirit is so foundational to everything we do as Christians, where do you even begin to talk when you're supposed to preach today? And how do you keep it under 45 minutes? Well, I'm going to do my best. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So there we go. You can't even go two verses into the Bible, and we're already talking about the Holy Spirit. And a long time after that, the Holy Spirit hovers over Mary at the moment of the incarnation of Jesus. And he is miraculously conceived in her womb. And a few years after that, the Spirit hovers over the water of the River Jordan, the moment when Jesus was baptized and began his public ministry. The Holy Spirit descended upon Mary and the disciples in a powerful way at that moment of Pentecost, which we celebrate today. The Holy Spirit is present and alive in the grace of all of the sacraments. The Holy Spirit is the master of the interior life of prayer. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the graces we need to live the life of virtue. And the Catechism says, this is paragraph 768, the Holy Spirit is present and alive in the heart of the church, bestowing varied hierarchic and charismatic gifts, and in this way directs her so that she can fulfill her mission. And that implies that without the Holy Spirit, the church is not able to fulfill her mission. St. Paul uses the image of a body, that the church 
is a body. And Christ is the head and we are his members. And if we're going to go along with that metaphor, I would say that the Holy Spirit is the lifeblood of that body, keeping everything alive and functioning as it should. And so the Catechism says that the church never ceases to beg the Father to send the Holy Spirit on his church, his faithful, and on the whole world. In fact, you might notice that the priest often at Mass is standing like this. This is a very ancient posture. It's called the Orant's position. It goes all the way back to the very beginning of the church. There are images, paintings on the walls in the catacombs of Christians standing like that. It's a posture of praise, worshiping God. It's also a posture of receptivity, saying, Lord, we're ready. Just send it. Give us all of the graces that you want to give to us. It's sort of reminiscent of a little child when they want their parents to pick them up. They sort of Stand like this so you can grab them. That is what this is meant to indicate. Every time we gather for Mass, for these liturgical events, we are begging the Father to send the Holy Spirit upon us. Because without the Holy Spirit, the church dies. There are three particular effects of the Holy Spirit that are emphasized in our readings today. First of all, unity. I think we could all agree that there's need for some unity today, right? In the Acts of the Apostles, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, there's this great rushing wind on the house, and the Holy Spirit appears in tongues of fire. And the people that are gathered around, there must have been quite a commotion. Everyone's gathering around. They're from all over the place, all areas of the known world of those days. And yet each one of them hears them speaking in his own language. This miraculous gift of tongues that these simple disciples, these simple fishermen who were not educated, were able to speak in all of those native languages. There's this unity that the Holy Spirit brings. So let's call upon the Holy Spirit to bring unity in the world again, unity in our church, unity in our families, unity in society. In our second reading, Paul emphasizes in his letter to the Galatians that the Spirit brings holiness. He says, now the works of the flesh are obvious, immorality, impurity, lust, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. Things haven't really changed much in the last 2,000 years, have they? There's still plenty of all of those things going on in the world today. And so we need more than ever the grace of the Holy Spirit to help us live a holy life, to turn away from these patterns of sin and destruction. And lastly, the Spirit of God brings peace. In our gospel from John chapter 20, Jesus is appearing to his apostles for the first time after his resurrection. And the first words out of his mouth are, peace be with you. And they must not have really gotten it because a few moments later he says again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that brings peace into our lives more than anything else is ever capable of doing so. 
So if you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want more of this unity, this holiness, this peace, then make room for him to come into your heart. And now I have to give a little caveat here because I know there are people here at Mass today, maybe a few who already are thinking to yourself, Father, this is so frustrating to hear. My whole life I've been asking for more of the Holy Spirit and it seems like nothing ever happens to me. And I'm not going to go at length into this because that would be another homily. You've already heard enough homily for today. But let me just encourage you to persevere. God works in mysterious ways. And sometimes in God's own wisdom, and, and he can see the depths of our hearts more than we ever can. And there are times when he allows us to go through times of spiritual desolation, spiritual darkness, because he knows that this in a paradoxical way, is what is needed to bring greater growth in our spiritual life. So just because you can't feel God's presence or see him at work, that does not mean he is absent, but he's calling you to persevere. But for most of us, it's safe to say that if we do not experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's because we're not making room for him. We're getting too occupied with other things and we're shutting God out of our life. So the most important way that we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit in our lives is through the sacraments of his church. Every time we receive a sacrament, it's like a fire hose of God's grace blasting us right in the face. So let's, of course, bring our little ones forward to be baptized right after they are born. Let's come every Sunday to receive God in the Eucharist. Let's come often to the sacrament of confession where our sins are wiped away through the power of the Holy Spirit. How could we deprive ourselves of these powerful encounters with the grace of the Holy Spirit? Many young people today are not bothering to get married. It's becoming very trendy, right? So many people just start living together and so, you know, why bother? Like we're already kind of living the married life. It's just a lot of headache getting through all that ceremony and all the paperwork and everything. Marriage is a sacrament of the church. There is a profound grace at work. God wants to help all of us who are entering into that married state of life to be faithful to those commitments for life. Or there might be some of us older folks who maybe have been divorced and have remarried without seeking an annulment first, which means your current marriage is invalid. It's lacking the grace of the sacrament. How could you deprive yourself of this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that the church offers to us? Certainly we encounter the Holy Spirit in God's living word. That's why every single mass we always begin by reading from the Bible. You're not allowed to celebrate Mass without first having a liturgy of the Word because the Holy Spirit is just as present in the Word of God as He is in the Eucharist. So we have all of these opportunities to encounter the Holy Spirit in our daily life here at the parish. And I would be remiss if I were not to mention encounter ministries. 
So Father Matthias is the president of Encounter Ministries, so he has a little bit of a conflict of interest, right? So he doesn't really talk about it very much because it might seem a little bit self-serving. However, I am not a part of Encounter Ministries. I am an outsider, so I can speak more freely about this today. Encounter Ministries, their entire specialty is helping Catholics to come to know the Holy Spirit and to allow him to work powerfully in their lives. If you look on their website, their mission statement says, we train and disciple Catholics to demonstrate the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So right across the street, we have this gem alive in the church today, this ministry that is serving our parish, serving the diocese, serving the church. Many of our parishioners have participated in Encounter Ministries and it's transformed their lives. We have, there are some students who drive all the way from Wisconsin every single week because their participation in the Encounter School of Ministry has been so transformative in their life. So this is just one more simple but powerful way right next door that we are able to encounter the Holy Spirit in a new and powerful way in our lives. By not making room for the Holy Spirit, by not participating in, in all of these different avenues of his grace, we effectively are draining the life blood from our spiritual body. And we all saw Father Matthias come out dramatically from the sacristy last week, and it was a very joyful moment. But I'm sure we also all noticed how gaunt and pale and thin he looked. This is because over the last two months, he has lost a lot of blood in this whole ordeal. And so for the first time, I'm actually better than him at sports. It's been great. <laughs> this is what we do to ourselves spiritually when we don't make room for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are draining ourselves of that lifeblood and it leaves us weak and frail. So today, as we celebrate this beautiful feast, let's ask for a total transfusion of the grace of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives so that we may be alive in his power and his grace. Jesus, send your Holy Spirit on us so that we may be a band of zealous and bold missionary disciples unleashing the gospel on the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.